This podcast is for the brave hearts, the black sheep, the rebels. If you're willing to face your fears and optimize your time on this planet, you are among friends. This is the Aaron Evans Podcast. Welcome back. How many things in this world allow you to stop and listen? To break out of autopilot and wake up for a moment? I love art. And for me, the capacity of an artist to make me feel through their expression of the world and what they see is astounding. My next guest, I am a super fan of. She is a mixed media artist and her work is provocative. It makes me feel all sorts of ways and the biggest way of all is joy. I love the way she merges colors together and textures together. I am so excited to have this conversation. Welcome to the show, Sheila Kernan. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your art journey. I started painting and drawing since I was very, very young. I was probably like three or four when I started becoming obsessed with um, drawing. My mom said that um, in kindergarten, um, the, the teacher could never get me to leave to go to recess, that I was so fixated and just intensely immersed in what I was doing that she was like, I'm just going to let her stay and do her crafts. <laughs> so my mom always saw from a young age that, you know, art was always my passion. And so she started putting me in art classes when I was little. So I went to um, a local wildlife artist, Gail Adams in Saskatoon. Yeah. And then I um, chose a high school that was very arts based. So that's where we kind of met up at Marion Graham. So because yeah. at such a young age, you had this access to flow state and a deep passion inside of you. What has it been like following a path that's not trodden or usual? <laughs> Um, yeah. So then when I went to, I was always thinking, okay, how can I continue being creative and being an artist, but also understanding that you have to make a living to be able to support yourself. So I originally had thought that I was going to go into fashion design and I had looked into architecture, but art and painting was just always my passion. So I said, you know what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go and take my degree in art and then I'll figure it out later. Knowing that um, a lot of institutions really like um, the creative background. So going into like architecture after I had my BFA would have been an easy path. Um, and then I just said, you know what, I know what it's like to be kind of a student. So let's just dive in and try out this art thing and see where it goes. The beautiful thing about what you just said is you threw caution to the wind and you trusted the pull of what you loved and you didn't know how much money you would make. You didn't know if you'd be successful, if anyone would like your art, but you just loved it and had to follow it. Totally. I also think because I'm one of six children um, and my mom was very nervous for me being an artist and she'd always tell me, you know, I don't think that this is a good path. You should probably go and, you know, look at having a practical skill like being a dental hygienist. 
And there's nothing wrong with being a dental hygienist, but I was just kind of like, I don't like no mom. <laughs> so I just did it anyway. And I think that, you know, when people push you in one direction, that's when you fight and your inner self is just like, no, I'm going to do this. Mm. Yeah. Can you tell the listeners about the medium you use and what inspires you? Absolutely. So I'm primarily a mixed media artist. I use um, airbrushing techniques. I use layering techniques of stenciling. So sort of hard edged um, shapes within my paintings. And then I do thick textural sort of exclamation marks on top of it. Then um, my work is landscape based and city scene. So it's all based on places that I've traveled and been. So I'll take photos, I'll take, um, do little sketches um, and mem use memory uh, to recreate images. So they're never a specific location or place. I'm more interested in capturing a feeling or a moment. And what I've noticed about you in the past few years is you, you trended toward really bright, joyful colors. And then in the past couple of years, correct me if I'm wrong, but the color palette seems to have changed slightly. I feel like all artists shift and maybe we don't even realize that we're shifting. Like your shifts come from sophistication. They come from um, your mood, energy, the vibe, where you're traveling, what you're doing. Uh, I've always really loved a few color theorists from the abstract expressionist time period. And I really enjoyed their use of these rich sort of muted neutral colors alongside pops of brightness. So I think maybe that's what you're seeing. And Erin, honestly, I think everybody else notices these things sometimes more than I do. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like when we are true fans of yours, it's so like a musician, we get to go on the journey of your life and we get to see how you're, you're changing. And I loved that you used the word sophisticated. It's like, there's this maturity that's probably come over you as an artist. Have you ever wanted to give up? I think you're not human if you haven't wanted to give up. <laughs> um, life's hard, life's messy, art's hard. I mean, being an artist is lonely at times because you're kind of always kind of, um, you know, in your own space creating. It's also awesome. So there's extreme highs and lows with like a roller coaster ride, but um, it's an incredible journey as well in terms of um, just always kind of being in your head and being kind of critical of what you're doing in positive ways. So just trying to maintain that positivity and just knowing that when you are uncomfortable is usually when you're on to something great. Whoa. Yeah. I, I find that so fascinating in my own work. I'm starting to do something that makes me very uncomfortable and I feel all my self doubt and all the like, just go to status quo, get a real job. And I, and the fact that you're saying that it just gives me goosebumps on the back of my neck. <laughs> it's true. And sometimes I need to listen to that myself as well. <laughs> yeah. And so when did you know that your art was well-received? Was there a moment where you were like, ah, oh, finally, I'm being seen for my work? Well, I've always created what I love first. And I think that's important not to create for what you think other people will 
purchase or buy. Um, but for myself, I was very fortunate that I kind of had an audience right away when I was in art school. I actually paid for my entire art school through selling my work um, via some channels that they had at the school. I went to Alberta College of Art and Design, I guess now Alberta University of the Arts. And they had um, these show and sales two times a year and I would prepare everything for it and, you know, make sure everything was nicely prepared with nice edges and little notes and stuff for the collectors. And I was so excited when, you know, people would come and support what I was doing from a, such a young age. So yeah, got it. getting out of art school with no debt is, is pretty cre- incredible. I remember when I saw your work in Canada House, and that's in Banff where I live, and I hadn't seen you since Saskatoon. And I was just so excited and fangirling over it to see where you had come from and that you were a professional artist. Like it it made me believe that anything is possible. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, funny enough, worked at Canada House Gallery before I, I did one year of art school in BC and then I left that year just feeling like it wasn't the right path for me at that school so I went out to the mountains to get inspired and I found myself working at Canada House Art Gallery Um, and it was the most incredible experience it's funny because I had gotten a job at I think it was Earl's in Banff prior to it and I had to memorize a menu and for the life of me I could not memorize this menu but I went to Canada House Art Gallery where I had to learn over a hundred different artists and things about them, the materials and techniques. And I had no problem remembering everything about all the artists. So (laughs) it was pretty funny. And then when I left, I said, you know, one day I'm gonna be on your walls. I, I need to go and pursue my passion of creation. And it took me, I think it was almost 10 years or, or it took me a while to earn my place there because it's quite a prestigious gallery, right? So I was the first ever staff turned artist. Oh, and maybe this is way out in left field, but the yogis believe that when we come into the world and we are drawn toward yoga, then in a, that in a past life, we were likely a yogi before. Oh, do you believe that this talent, like, was it in you from the beginning? Do you think there was like something magical about this touch, this kissed by God talent? I know that if I'm not creating or if I'm, even if it's not my professional practice by painting, I find myself like making cakes for my son or decorating my house or so I'm always finding something creative. So, or sewing with my grandma when I was younger or so I feel like, yeah, it's just something that I have to do. It's not even really a choice. Mm. Yeah. My friend calls it the choiceless choice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you mentioned, you mentioned something around inspiration and I would love to know your practices around creativity. In terms of like how often I'm creating or in terms of where my inspiration comes from. Yeah. Let's say you get hit by inspiration and then what's the process to create? So, um, again, I take 
wherever I travel and wherever I go, I take photographs and I um, write sketches and notes. My phone and everywhere is filled with little mini comments and thoughts about the light or, you know, how the light will hit a cloud in a certain way or rest upon the mountain in a certain way. So I'm constantly looking or even when I'm watching movies, my husband will hate it because I'll be like, stop, stop, stop. And then I have to like take a screenshot of the movie and write down all this thing about like places I want to go or things. So in that regard, Aaron, life just sort of is my inspiration and just being open and aware and being kind of in that moment kind of helps you um, to see these things. And sometimes, you know, a place like I went to Hawaii and it took me almost 10 years before I started creating wave paintings because it had to, I had to like process it and think about it. So in my mind first, and I feel like, as an artist, I'm like, your mind never shuts off, which is a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> so you're always like stopping writing notes or, you know, just. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. there there's a time, there's a fertile time for ideas and then they need some incubation and they need some water. Oh. And then eventually you're ready to create in the world. And I, for the listener, like pay attention to that. You know, you get the hit of inspiration. It might take 10 years for you to actually act upon it and be ready to put it out. And everything that you do before kind of helps with where you end up. So I find myself always creating testers in the studio. I'm a very like process and detail orientated artist. Like I'm very planned, even though my work might not always look that way. Um, so I'm, I, I continually have like a bazillion different things on the go and progression, like you said, color progression. I have um, technical progression in terms of, you know, learning to isolate resin or learning about how specific colors will interact, diluting the paint till it's, you know, breaking down to the point of nothing to, you know, being thick and so textural, it looks like icing on a cake. So I think that it's just that excitement of creation and curiosity that keeps my practice going. Mm, well said. What has been the worst mistake that turned out to be the best learning? So I saw that question and I went, oh, heck, there's so many mistakes I've made, but I can't pinpoint one specific thing because I feel like it's kind of like all little happy little accidents. I'm thinking of that Bob Ross artist, right? Everything, you know, you've just got to learn to go with it. So in, in my creations and when I'm making my paintings, I plan things. But then there's moments where things go astray and you're going like, that's not what my intention was. But you need to look and reflect and go with it and just kind of move in that direction or rip it up and start over. Those are your choices, right? So I think... My biggest mistake sometimes is letting myself get too in my head about things. Um, as an artist, it's my job to be critical in a positive way to move my work. Uh, like I always talk it like a ladder where I'm always trying to okay, take what I've learned and what I know and how do I build upon that? And, you know, where do I go next? And if I find myself you know, is this negativity talk or a positive criticism? And if it's positive criticism, then I want to allow it. And if it's negativity, then I need to find a way to push that out. <laughs> How do you know the difference between the two? Sometimes that's hard. And sometimes you have to go through that messiness in order to 
figure it out. You need to make the mistakes in order to learn from them. And how does the seasons of creation go? Like, would you do a, how long would a painting take? <laughs> the, the, the right answer is a lifetime, right? So however many years old I am is how long that painting took. What you see, sometimes something goes fast and sometimes something goes slow. A lot of the times, um, because my paintings are so layered, about five to 10 layers on every piece, I have to wait and I have to look and I have to, so sometimes I put that piece, like I might start 10 pieces and the first one I start be the last one I finish because it needs more looking or seeing or something. Um, on average, it, you know, I'll start a piece and it'll be about a month or two before it's finished, but it could be 10, you know, 10 months. It could be, I don't know. Oh. And I don't keep track of the hours. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be good. I feel I feel like my area of expertise is so similar to yours in that I'm never off. I'm always looking for inspiration and humanity and what's inspiring and what's life changing. So I I feel like we're our souls are so similarly on target of what we're meant to do in this life. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, the best advice I've ever received would be from a, a couple things, actually. Um, so Barb Pelham, the former owner of Canada House Gallery, when I asked her, what do I need to do to become an artist? She goes, just don't be a flash in the pan, meaning make sure that whatever you choose, you have enough of a skin in the game like you enjoy it enough there's enough meat on there that you can explore it from different ways and you'll see within my work because of the layers and my techniques and my styles i get to construct deconstruct and put everything back together again all the time constantly which i will find new things to do and keep it exciting both for myself and my viewer um and on that note chris cran uh, an instructor of mine he said you need to be able to hold people's gaze within a painting, right? So when I create work, I try to create paintings that pass that 60 second test. Will somebody stop and stare at things? And when you look at my work, I hope to show people that you see, you know, you might see the hard edges one time, you might see that soft kind of ethereal blending the other time, or you might see, you know, the textural dots another time. And I think that that gives you different avenues to fill in the blanks. Um, there's a, a theory called gestalt. And gestalt is about not giving everything to the viewer and letting the viewer fill in those gaps. So if you fill in all of the gaps, then it's not exciting for people to look at. So that's what I try to do. <laughs> well, I could stop and stare at a painting for an hour it, there's something about the different textures and colors and this fact that the cityscape, there's such a depth to it. And it seems like, how could she have done that with that, that medium instead of just sketching it? Like I can tell with color, there's this depth. And I think you, you nailed it when you said, I want to create a feeling. And all your paintings actually just make me feel excited. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. Like it's, it's, it's so rich and, and so inspired. Who inspires you speaking of? <laughs> A lot of people. Um, if I look to the past, it's like, I was talking about the abstract expressionists. Um, 
I look to the future, there's so many contemporary artists that I'm looking at, but I also just get excited by people who are strong and just not following the ordinary path in life. I love when people are willing to take that risk and that jump. Um, super scary, obviously, <laughs> but it's really admirable when you see people who are just killing it in their own fields. Um, so I don't have like a specific person, but just inspired by lots of people for lots of different reasons. And when it comes to art, so I remember one of my favorite yoga artists, he said, somebody asked him, well, where do you get your inspiration from? And he said, I never go out there. I always go in here. And is there a sealing in or uh, like an avoidance of the external world or does it influence slash inspire you along the way? In terms of um, changing your style to accommodate for the external world no, or just, just in, in the pro your process of creation? My process. Um, I think it's a both. I think I get rejuvenated and excited by, for instance, the energy of being in a mountain or on a mountaintop or like alone in nature makes you feel kind of really small in this world, but in a good way. About, and then also the majestic and just the awe of being like, wow, this was created and we get to experience it. And then you go into the city and that energy and excitement on, of like the vibrancy of, you know, plays and the hustle and the uh, just everybody's going everywhere. So there's this like chaotic kind of crazy fun energy that I really enjoy going to as well. So I just look at the different environments and I just get inspired by that. But then when I'm creating, you have to be very insular. You have to sort of look from within, okay, what was my experience with it? What's my memory with it? What do I want to highlight in this piece? And then also the logistical components of how do I make a successful painting? Do I have enough value in it? Do I have enough lights, darks? Is there enough, you know, a focal area where we're going to look to? So there's lots of um, things that I'm contemplating when I'm creating. Um, and then just I when I work, <laughs> I listen to podcasts. <laughs> so that's where I, I started listening to your podcast, actually. Like, what, it's been a couple of years now or yeah. a year? But yeah, so I, I found you right away because I'm always looking for more content because, you know, I'll listen to music, but it can only listen to music for so long. And then I've listened to like 400 audio books and then I'm like every podcast imaginable. <laughs> so it just gets you, it gets me in the zone because I can create without... Um, being too focused on certain things, mm. but also needing to be aware. So I'm not, I'm like half listening to podcasts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I painted my office the other day and I listened to a bunch of podcasts and I was wowed at the brainwave that I went into and I was listening, but not listening and focused on what I was doing. Yeah. Is there a piece of yours that you're absolutely obsessed with? That changes. It's like asking me which one's my favorite child, right? Um, so there'll be moments in time where I'm obsessed over a specific painting and, and maybe I'll keep a few paintings over the years and, and display them in my own collection. Um, but ultimately, I feel like I also have to let things go in order to have more creation come in. So I don't like to have a studio filled with paintings. Oh, they need to go out. <laughs> I, I was just reading about the word sacrifice and sacrifice is the ability to cut things off, let things go to create space for the new. 
and it's it's like money everything flows and so i love the perspective of like we let it go and the muse visits we let it go and the muse visits 100% yeah so i believe you've answered this question but i have to ask it what is the why that makes you want to cry <laughs> uh curiosity exploration a, a need to create mm. um yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Mm. And what is your big audacious dream? <laughs> if budgets were not a consideration with creating, because I have been told paint like you're rich and worry about the rest later. But some of the things I would love to do <laughs> would be really more bigger budget. Um, I really like the idea of immerse, immersion. So immersive exhibitions. Um, I've kind of dabbled here and there in creating some installation pieces that have um, different components, but I would love to have like all the senses and have it be a giant scale and have like freedom people to come and see and no, no worry or expectations that you need to sell anything to pay for anything. So yeah, oh, I, I can feel it. It almost feels like a psychedelic journey, <laughs> right? <laughs> Into your memories. We'll get there. Yeah. So Sheila, how can my listeners find you? They can um, find me on my website, which is Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A-K-E-R-N-A-N.com. They could join my mailing list if they want my email list. Um, check me out on Instagram, Sheila Kernan Artist. And I just really would invite people to go out to art shows even if they feel like well art is not in my budget like I don't care I just want I create work alone in my studio and my sole intention is to share it with you talk with you see that excitement on your face and just come out and enjoy oh thank you yeah, I, I often frequent uh, galleries and I know that not yet will I be able to afford it, but I go in there and I soak it all up. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you do. I am such a humongous fan of yours. Thank you. <laughs> well, how about that? Following the pull of passion, even though you don't know if you'll be successful, create because you want to create, not for the external eye. Ugh, what a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed what you were just listening to. I love you a lot. Until next time, dream bigger. <laughs>